Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Good morrow, everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. An action-packed four hours coming your way in just seconds. 24 hours ago, I praised some of the fiscal stewardship that the Adams administration had brought to the city budget process. And I still think that what they're doing in terms of asking every city agency to make a 3% cut is a good thing. However, let me do largely the opposite today and tell you something they are doing which makes very little sense from what I can tell. Mayor Adams is leaving untold millions of dollars in reimbursements on the table while pinning his hopes on a billion dollar federal grant to pay for the staggering cost of dealing with the city's migrant crisis. What do we mean by this? Well, top city hall officials revealed the Adams strategy during a budget hearing on Tuesday, at which they said the city in August asked for and later received $4.8 million from FEMA, Federal Emergency Management Agency. But Adams decided not to file additional reimbursement requests with FEMA because he's now seeking a special billion-dollar grant from the agency. That application is still being drafted. They don't even have an application ready yet. Despite the massive spending on 58 emergency shelters to house more than 17,900 of the 24,600-plus migrants who've come into New York, Adams' plan came just a day after Adams said that both President Biden and Governor Hochul were so consumed by campaign season ahead of the elections that no one wanted to talk about helping pick up the tab. Let's look at what he's doing here. Number one, he's pinning all of his hopes for the cost of paying for these migrants on a bailout from Washington. We know that Washington, especially when you have one party in control of one house, another party in control of another house, we know that Washington is not exactly known for its functionality. Why would he not just have continued making these reimbursement requests, at least until they got their act together with their application for the bailout for a billion dollars? This makes absolutely no sense. And you have to chalk it up to either incompetence or something more sinister. The city controller, Brad Lander, who I'm no fan of, uh, sent a letter to the mayor demanding further details on the costs of the Randall's Island tent city. That's another thing that we don't seem to have any idea of the costs of. So I hope City Hall gets their act together. Look, I'd love to see them get this billion dollars from the federal government, but there's no magic pot of money that Washington has access to. You have to do the responsible thing here and submit the reimbursement requests that the New York City taxpayers are in dire need of. Beam me up! To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. Local Spotlight. 
everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight. I'm Frank Moreno. I initially had this on my denunciation agenda for tomorrow, but I can't avoid talking about this a day early. An audit released yesterday by New York State Controller Tom DiNapoli, one of my favorite elected officials in the entire state, indicates that New York State lost, are you ready for this, at least $11 billion due to unemployment fraud during the first year of the COVID pandemic. Unemployment insurance fraud is rampant in this state. Who could have seen this coming? Everybody! Auditors with the controller's office say that the $11 billion may actually be an underestimate because the State Department of Labor refused to turn over data that would have given them a more precise number. Understand what went on here. The State Department of Labor screwed up they didn't exercise proper oversight. And then when it comes time for the public to know how much they screwed up, they're withholding information. According to this audit, the Department of Labor failed to replace a, quote, long troubled system that has been outdated since 2010, making it easy for criminals to steal money. Auditors found that the Department of Labor had to compensate for its outdated system by overriding existing controls designed to prevent improper payments and implemented a pay-and-chase approach, which increased the risk of overpayments, payments charged to the wrong funding source, and just plain old regular fraud. In many of these cases, the auditors say that the Department of Labor couldn't even identify the root cause of overpayments and fraud and didn't implement controls to address weaknesses in the system when it realized there were major issues. When the Department of Labor did get its verification system in place, auditors found the system failed to capture information to ensure it not only prevented fraud claims, but it balanced the ease of access for legitimate applicants. The Department of Labor acknowledged that certain groups like the elderly and low-income people were encountering some difficulties with the verification process. It didn't keep data on applicant experiences, which could help the department fine-tune the process in the future. The Department of Labor screwed up royally here, and they need to get their act together. You want to know why you're paying so much in taxes to live in New York State? It's because we have state government agencies like the Department of Labor, which are so incompetent that they can't even keep the state from getting ripped off to the tune of $11 billion. Come on. Beam me up. To be continued. The Other Side of Midnight. 77 Local Spotlight. Talking a little bit about Atlantic City in about a half hour for the AC report. We just left Marlena Shivo, who is a resident of Monmouth County, New Jersey. I hope I'm not going to get in trouble by saying that. And a plan by a Monmouth County town to trap feral cats and kill them after a week if they went unclaimed has thankfully been abandoned after fierce backlash from residents and animal advocates. I don't know what goes on in Monmouth County. Now, I'm glad somebody had a cooler head which prevailed here, but Matawan police distributed the notice at the request of the borough's Animal Advisory Committee on November 1st to residents in the neighborhoods near Ned Drive, Chestnut 
Chestnut Drive and Sonia Avenue. I know we have a lot of listeners in those neighborhoods. The notice indicated all roaming or feral cats trapped by the borough's animal control officer would be impounded and any cat not claimed within seven days of being trapped will be destroyed by the Monmouth County SPCA. Think about that. This was their grand plan to kill a whole bunch of cats, not get them adopted, not to get them to a shelter. But the Monmouth County SPCA wasn't even made aware of the notice. They had no involvement in the distribution. And this is just crazy. So the Monmouth County SPCA posted the notice on Facebook, calling it, and they're right, outlandish and outrageous. And uh, they also temporarily suspended all animal intake to their shelter in the borough. So it does appear that this plan has been abandoned, and I'm glad for that. But I think you need to keep your eye out for a couple of things here. I'm going to be talking a little bit about the cat situation that we're dealing with in our neighborhood a little bit later. But the people that put out this notice initially that uh, they were going to destroy all these cats, they said that the intention behind it was to let other residents know that well-intentioned efforts to feed the stray cats creates a consistent food source and leads to more complaints. So as of now, the borough's Animal Welfare Advisory Committee is working on a new ordinance to address the issue of feral cats, which I recognize is a problem, and it's expected to include a trap-neuter return program. Of course, that should have been the hallmark of this program from the beginning, not threatening people that they're going to destroy all the cats. I mean, it almost sounds like a bad guy in a Disney movie, rounding up all the cats and killing them after a week. This is bad news here. And if you're a resident of Matawan, New Jersey, I hope you're keeping an eye on what's going on in your local government because who knows if this feral cat problem continues to be a problem, they may consider something like this again in the future. All the more reason that local journalism is so important because I think there's a lot of people probably in Matawan or Monmouth County that wouldn't have even known about this plan. Beam me up to be continued. Other side of midnight. Local spotlight. Well, there is one very simple thing that New York lawmakers can do to keep seniors from moving to Florida. And that idea has been championed by none other than Carmine Morano. No, not my son, but my father. My father alerted me uh, to the fact that currently the income tax exclusion for seniors in New York State, meaning those over the age of 59 and a half, he fits into this category. I can imagine why this is such an important issue for him. It's currently only $20,000, meaning Unless you get a uh, city or state pension, if you have a regular, if you any other regular income, if you're a worker over the age of 59 and a half and you earn more than $20,000 in New York, that's taxable. So what he has suggested is that they raise this exclusion to at least $22,000 to accommodate inflation. That's in line with what the IRS bracket adjustment did just last week, and it might help a little to stem the tide of seniors moving to lower tax states such as Florida and Texas. To me, this makes all the sense in the world to at least have it match the federal income tax exclusion. And I'm very pleased to see that after my father wrote to a bunch of state legislators on this issue, State Senator Andrew Lanza 
a Republican from Staten Island, who represents my dad's district, he's actually introduced legislation to make this a reality. Obviously, with the legislature being Democrat, it's going to need a Democrat co-sponsor, but he's heard some very favorable things from a lot of Democratic lawmakers on this as well. This is one very common sense idea, and I'm pleased to see that uh, at least a few state legislators are willing to adopt my father's idea on this. If you think it's a good idea as well, meaning the idea to raise the retirement income tax exclusion, maybe it's not a bad idea to reach out to your state legislators and tell them the same thing. As it stands now, people don't seem to need very much of an incentive to flee New York State and go to states that are a little bit more retirement friendly. Letting seniors keeping a little bit more of their money strikes me as a good way to start the process of telling seniors, yeah, we actually want you to stay in New York. You don't have to abandon us for Florida and the early bird special and the better weather. So I'm hoping this gets done and gets done quickly. Beam me up. To be continued. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.